Good morning. Welcome, and it will be good for you to have your Bible ready in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. I begin today with this inquiry for every one of us in this building. How well do you know yourself? Now, the question right now is not how well do you know the Bible? We'll raise that some other time. The question right now is not, how well do you know other Christians? We'll talk about that sometime. You may know a lot about religion, about churches, about brothers and sisters in Christ this morning. During our time together, I want us to ask ourselves how well do you know yourself? How well do I know myself? That's the inquiry. In 2 Corinthians 13, 5, you heard this a few minutes ago. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Or do you not realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you fail to meet the test. If your intention in life is to obey God, you'll have to read His Word. And in this part of God's Word, the imperative is to examine yourself. And therefore my question, how well do you know yourself? I hope that what I'll present this morning will prompt every one of us, and certainly me, to engage in careful self-examination. How well do you know yourself? That's the inquiry that becomes the focus of our time together. Self-examination. First of all, I want us to be aware that what Paul wrote in this passage is echoed all through Scripture. In Lamentations 3 and verse 40, let us test and examine our ways. In Haggai chapter 1 and verse 7, consider your ways. When Paul wrote about the Lord's Supper in 1 Corinthians 11, he said, let a person examine himself. And when James wrote about pure and undefiled religion in James chapter 1, he said, use the Word of God as a mirror <clears throat> to see what you look like. All through Scripture, self-examination is a permanent fixture. Let's go at this another way. Suppose that you learn the Bible from cover to cover and you know it accurately and you understand all the applications well. You are a daily Bible reader. You have come to Bible class every time we have Bible class. You've come to study and learn. 
And maybe when you get home, you review what you've learned. You have good comprehension. You have a good memory. You have good retention about all of this. And you know what the New Testament says about Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And you know what it means to obey Him. So all of that knowledge is in place. But you don't use it to look at yourself, to examine your life inwardly and outwardly and daily. Do you think that when you stand before God in judgment, you will be given an entrance exam into heaven and that it will be granted based upon your accurate knowledge? Will you say to the Lord on that day, you need to let me in, Lord, I know Scripture. I can quote the books of the Old Testament and the New Testament, the apostles and the tribes. I can give you a timeline of the Old Testament, the kings and the prophets, it all fits and I understand it well. I know what the prophets said. I've read Matthew, Mark, Luke and John many times. I've memorized the Sermon on the Mount. Acts chapter 2, I know exactly what it says. Everything after it, everything before it. Lord, I know Scripture, let me in. How do you think that's going to play? The Lord might well reply, Good work. What did you do with it? How did all that translate into your life? In your heart and your daily conduct, what did you do with all that knowledge? It is in this regard that Socrates was right when he said the unexamined life is not worth living. But of course, much higher than Socrates. Paul said, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Now, when I read that, I need to say, am I doing that? Berkeley. Am I doing that? Are you doing that? Were we doing this at one time and then we stopped? And why did we stop? And when are we going to start again? Well, I hope that helps you think about it, but I'm going to take another approach. You knew I wasn't finished. Let's change the terminology a little here for further insight how do you measure yourself? We already know that we cannot measure ourselves just based on knowledge acquired. <clears throat> the Lord expects us to use the knowledge that He has provided to measure ourselves and make the changes called for. Mere acquisition of knowledge isn't sufficient. We already know that. We've been over that. Well, what are some of the other ways that people measure themselves? Quickly, I want us to consider four. Talent. You may have very special skills that are useful in kingdom work. You may have developed those skills and polished those skills and yet not be right with God. Attendance. Some of us have what might be called a perfect record of attendance. Like the awards that school children receive, 
yet are we worshiping in spirit and in truth while we are here? And are we applying what we learn after we attend? Everybody I know is busy. Do you know anybody that's not busy? Ask anyone here today when they go out after a while, and there may be an exception, but as a rule, everybody's busy. Everybody's covered up. But busy doing what is a good question. Just being busy and having a full schedule offers no assurance of God's approval. So self-examination must reach deeper than talent, attendance, busyness, and favorable comparisons. We sometimes take comfort in the perceived reality <clears throat> that we're certainly doing better than others. That was really part of the thrust of what we studied this morning in Romans chapter 2, coming out of Romans chapter 1, where many unbelieving Jews would make the argument that the Gentiles are way deep in trouble, guilty of sin. They certainly need the gospel, but I'm a Jew with Jewish blood and heritage, and my standing with God is assured. Paul answers that kind of argument in Romans chapter 2. Well, we may do the same sort of thing, but with a little different twist. We sometimes take comfort in the perceived reality that we are certainly doing better than others. We're growing faster than the other guy. We attend better than the other guy. We do more than the other guy. Here's the problem with all that. Christianity is not a competition. It's a commitment to God. You don't get a trophy <clears throat> because you ran faster than someone or that you earned a higher score on the curve. That defies the whole concept of salvation by grace and individual response to that grace by the activity of faith. So, I'm now ready to say to know yourself as you stand before God, it takes more than knowledge acquired talent developed, attendance awards, having a packed schedule, and perceiving that you're in better shape than others. For self-examination to be valuable for me and you, it must be about all your life as measured by all God has said. Let me be more specific now. Applications. Your thought life. What's on your mind? Are there things that you think about that you know are not pure and right before God? That's self-examination. What desires are contained and nurtured in your mind? Do you use the Word of God to examine your thought life as in Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 whatever is true whatever is honorable whatever is just 
whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Is the God of peace with you when you examine your thought life? Remember now, it's not just the knowledge of this verse that we are after. <clears throat> it is the use of this verse to honestly look inside your head. Can your thought life be described by the text in Philippians 4, 8, and 9? Your resistance to temptation. Nobody in this audience is exempt from temptation. We may not all be tempted in the same ways. There may be great success stories here. I'm certain of that. Perhaps there are some dramatic failures that you remember. But nobody is exempt. No matter your age or anything, the devil is after you and he's after me and he's after us. How do you respond to that? That's self-examination. Considering how you respond to temptation. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood, throughout the world. When I read this, the first thing I must do is measure myself by these words. Am I resisting the devil? Your worship. Right now, I'm not talking just about attending, being in a building when an event is occurring. But what frame of mind and reverence when you are here in worship assemblies as we do what the Bible says. One example. When you partake of the Lord's Supper according to 1 Corinthians 11.28, let a person examine himself. What does the Lord's death for you mean to you? Did you reflect on that a moment ago when we observed the Lord's Supper? What does the Lord's death for you mean to you? And are you engaged in those thoughts about His death in your life when you partake of the Lord's Supper? And then do you carry that memory and the commitment that attaches to it with you into Sunday afternoon and Monday and Tuesday and all the rest of the week? That's self-examination. These are personal questions, and they illustrate the essence of self-examination. Your relationship with others. I'll touch on that before I close. I brought this up a couple of weeks ago in the sermon series, Who Will Follow Jesus? And I brought up the passage in Romans 13 where Paul speaks of love as a debt we owe and will always owe. 
Am I paying that debt? See, the question is not, I know seven different people who are not paying this debt because they don't love me the way they ought to love me. It's not your first question. No, the question is, am I paying that debt? Am I thoroughly engaged in all that fulfills God's law through Christ about my relationship with people? If not, what specific changes should be my challenge? You remember our question? How well do you know yourself? It is through my good use of God's Word that I'm equipped to know the truth about me. It is through my good use of God's Word that I'm equipped to know the truth about me. And you are equipped to know the truth about you. What people think of me, how I compare to others, my level of knowledge compared to others who are smarter or who haven't gained as much knowledge, my attendance record, I must set those things aside long enough to use the Word of God to measure my whole heart and life inside out and then make the changes needed along the way. Self-examination, when done right with God's Word and a good heart, always leads to self-correction. In every case. My case and your case. And here's what this is, folks. This is how you grow your faith this is how you improve in your service to the Lord and to others. This is how you set a good example. This is how you, you make a better contribution to the local church. This is how you lead your family. This is how you express your gratitude to the Christ who died for you. This is how you go to heaven. That's what we're talking about today. This is how you go to heaven. Here's what Paul said. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Or, or do you not realize this about yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you fail to meet the test. If you are ready today to start examining yourself properly and honestly, and if you need our prayers, or if you've never obeyed the gospel, why not now while we stand together to sing?